Uh, last week, I told you the story of Esther. This week, I want to tell you the story of a man named Daniel. Over the next couple of weeks, we're just going to look at some major Bible stories. And we're going to look at how God saved them. What did God do? What did, was the enemy up to? What did it, did it look like? But then how did it turn out? I'm telling you today, as we declared last week, God is up to something. Don't be afraid. Don't fear. Don't let your heart be weary. Don't be weary in well-doing. Continue. This is an opportunity we have. Man, we, we said it. I will get you all you men in trouble. You've been telling your wives you'd do that project when you had time. Well, guess what? You have time. So you know what? Come on, work together as a family. Remodel a room. Repaint. Redecorate. Rearrange the furniture. Get out in your yard and work and clean. Get things. Do some spring cleaning. Make this time count. I promise you, we're going to be back to normal soon. You're going to be back to work, back to the grind. And uh, we're, we're going to be so appreciative of this time we had to spend with our family and with our children. And uh, so let's take advantage. This is just a short time. We're believing and declaring. And then we're going to be right back here together. This building is going to be packed. We're going to be worshiping together. And uh, we're going to be telling the stories of when we were just having church online. And so today, I want to declare to you the God of Daniel. Now, there was a king. His name was Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar, he began to go out and conquer all the territories. And he came and besieged Jerusalem. When he came and besieged Jerusalem, he took all the silver and the gold and all of the vessels out of the temple. The house of God. And the Bible says that he brought them and put them in his house of God's. Little G. And then he said, I want all of the young men that are brilliant. Those that have high intelligence. Those with knowledge and understanding of the sciences. And those that have wisdom and gifts and talents. I want you to gather them and bring them from all the land unto our land. I want you for three years to teach them the ways of Babylon. I want you to teach them our history and all of the ways of our people. And I want you to begin to feed them the king's meat, drink the king's wine. And I want you to begin to nourish them. And then after three years, they're going to come before me. And I'm going to pick and we're going to begin to elevate them and put them in places of leadership. And so this happened. Basically, the chief of staff was over all of the young men. And so favor came upon four young men. Now, one, his name was Daniel. The other was Hananiah, Misael, and Azariah. And as they were there, they were young men, full of the fear of God. They were Jews. They knew the law. They had been taught the things of God. And they served Jehovah. And so when the king brought them in, and was told, they told them what they had to do, 
they knew immediately, we can't do this. Because our law says we cannot eat or drink anything that's been offered to idols. And here in this pagan land, their food, the way it was cooked and the way that they offered it to idols, it was unclean. And they said, we can't do it. And the Bible says that they purposed in their heart not to defile themselves. I'm telling you, church, in a land we live right here in America, there's so many things that defile us. There's so many idols we have set up. And it seems like in this time that God has just shut down even the things that people worship. There's no sports playing. There's nothing happening in the arenas. There's no Hollywood movies. Everything that people look up to has been brought down. What are our idols? What are things that we give into because the world? What is the peer pressure that we give into because everyone else is doing it? But here are four young men that stood and they said, we will not defile ourselves with the king's meat and his wine. And they asked the chief, they said, can we just have fruits? Can we just have vegetables? Can we just have water? And all the chief, he said, guys, you're going to get me in trouble. He said, "Ah, you're going to look puny. You're going to be weak. And I'm going to get in trouble. And But Daniel said, test us. Ten days. Let us have vegetables and water. And the Bible says after the ten days. That they were fairer. And they were fatter. And they looked healthier. They were more nourished. And the, they, the, he was amazed. And so he agreed. And so for the next three years, that was their diet. They didn't defile themselves with the king's portion. And everybody else was doing their thing and having a good time. But they were being faithful to the things that God had taught them. They, had been, they were faithful to the law. They were faithful, amen, to their teaching. Faithful, even though they were far away from their land. They were faithful to their God. Well, after three years... The Bible says that these guys came before the king. And uh, in Daniel 1.17, it says God gave them unusual aptitude. Unusual. They had understanding of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the ability to interpret the meanings of dreams and visions. And the Bible says in verse 19 that the king talked to them. And no one impressed him like Daniel. And Hananiah, and Misael, and Azariah. So the Bible says they entered into the royal service. Can I tell you today, no matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing, no matter what it looks like, no matter if you've been taken from your land, from your people, maybe it seems like you've been demoted and you've been taken captive, but I'm telling you, wherever you're at, God is able to elevate you. God is the one that brings up and puts down. He rises kings and leaders and he brings them down. God is in control. So Daniel and the three Hebrew children, they took positions in the kingdom. And they begin to work and they begin to find favor. And they had wisdom and understanding. But one day the king had a dream. This dream bothered the king. 
And he wanted to know the interpretation. And he called all of his astrologers. And he called the sorcerers. And he called all the, the, the soothsayers. And all the people of wisdom. And he said, if anyone can tell me the meaning of my dream. I'll bless you with riches and gold. And they said, oh, king, tell us your dream and we'll tell you. He said, no, 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 you don't understand. If you don't tell me the real meaning, I'm going to kill all of you. Well, that shook him up because he said, you know what? I can tell you the meaning. I can tell you my dream and you can just tell me any old thing it means. But I know, I want to know the true interpretation. And they said, king, no one has ever asked that of his wise men, his sorcerers, no one can interpret dreams but the gods. And they don't live among us. But then somebody remembered. There's a man named Daniel. And Daniel serves a different God. You see what happened is they couldn't tell him the dream. And so he said, have everybody killed. But when they got to Daniel, Daniel said, hey, wait a minute. I can tell you the interpretation. Just give me a little bit. And so sure enough, that night, God gave Daniel a dream and showed him the interpretation of the king's dream. Well, the next day, Daniel goes to the king and he says, oh, king, I know the interpretation. He said, here's what you dreamed. You dreamed of things to come. You dreamed of a great statue, the head of gold. And he went down through all of the dream and, and all the different materials that the statue was made of. And I'm not going to go into that prophetically, but he said, basically, you're the head. But after your kingdom's going to come another. It's not going to be as strong. And after that, another. And it won't be as strong. And then it'll crumble. And so the king was so impressed. That once again, he declared, truly, your God is the greatest of gods. And the Lord over kings and the revealer of mysteries. And you have been able to reveal the secret. And the Bible says that the king appointed Daniel to a high position. He got a promotion. Because he was faithful. Because he sought God. Because God revealed things to him. Listen, what's going on? It may be a mystery to man, but it's not a mystery to God. And God has always shared and told His people, if we'll begin to pray and seek God's face, He'll reveal to us, I mean, what do you need to do? What does our nation need to do? And God can bring the answer. We're praying for wisdom. There's so many people out there searching. And there's good, godly men and women looking for answers and looking for remedies. And God's going to give them the answer. They're going to find a way to bring this to an end. But you know what? As God promoted him, God began to bless them. Things began to change. The kingdom changed years past. Chapter 3, we find that he made a, a huge statue. 90 feet high and 9 feet wide. Next week, I'm going to tell you what happened in that story. But today we're talking about Daniel. So we're going to jump all the way to chapter number 5. And the Bible says it's been many years later. Now a lot has happened. King Nebuchadnezzar, he kind of got prideful. And one day he was out looking at his kingdom. Daniel told him it was going to happen. He looked at his kingdom and he said, look what I have done. Look what I have built. 
How many of you today look at your job? Look at your savings account. Look at your gifts and your talents. Look at your house or your car or what you drive or what you wear. And you go, look what I've done. Oh, be careful. A spirit of pride. The Bible says pride cometh or goeth before a fall. King Nebuchadnezzar, as he looked over his kingdom and said, look what I've done. The Bible says immediately, the spirit left him. His mind left him. He went out into the wilderness, roaming like a wild animal, eating grass until his hair grew long and his fingernails grew like claws. And he was just insane. But after many years, the Bible says that his mind came back and he looked up to heaven and he acknowledged that God, the God of Daniel, was the true and living God. And God did restore him back to his kingdom for a season. But this is many years later. And now there's a new king. His name is Belshazzar. Belshazzar decided to throw a party. Last week we talked about uh, the king there with Esther. And he threw, a lot of folks like to throw parties. This guy threw a party for a thousand of the nobles. And they were drinking wine and eating. And they were having a good time. And he wanted to show off. And he said, go Get me all the vessels of gold and silver that they took out of Jerusalem and bring it here. I want to show it off and we want to drink and toast. But these were the things that came out of the temple that were holy, that were meant to worship and serve God. And so they did. They brought these vessels and they filled them with wine and they began to drink and party and have a good time. And all of a sudden a hand appeared and it began to write Upon the plaster of the wall. And the Bible says King Belshazzar. He was, his face went faint. His knees began to knock because of fear. And he said, someone tell me the interpretation. Well, all the king's wise men, the nobles, the sorcerers, all the, no one could. This has been many years. But thank God someone remembered. And they said, there's a man in this kingdom that used to serve Nebuchadnezzar. And he can interpret dreams. His name's Daniel or Belshazzar. No, I'm sorry. Daniel. We like to call him by his real name. You know, later, I just kind of a footnote. When they first brought them out of the land of Jerusalem and brought them there, they changed their name. They gave Daniel the name of Belteshazzar and uh, they changed the name of the three Hebrew children to Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego oh yeah it was King Nebuchadnezzar when they changed their names okay and so just a second as when King Nebuchadnezzar was the king and they first got there they changed their names but you know what don't let nobody change your name you know what he tried to change their identity He tried to change their character. He tried to change their destiny, their heritage. The enemy would love to change our name. But you know what? I bet they called each other by their real names. They didn't call each other by their pagan names. But somebody remembered Daniel. We'll go back there. So now we're back to uh, Belshazzar, the king. Many years later, Daniel's older. And somebody said, I remember. This guy that served Nebuchadnezzar. They brought him out of Jerusalem. 
and he can interpret dreams. And sure enough, they called for Daniel. And Daniel came and he said, yes, sir. He said he told him the story and he showed him the handwriting on the wall. And Daniel said, I can interpret, king. I know what it means. Now, I want you to listen. Because what was written there on the wall was many, many, tekel, parson. What? Nobody knew they could interpret. They didn't know the language. What was it written? And Daniel had the interpretation. And he said, King, here is the interpretation to your dream. Or to the handwriting. First of all, many, M-E-N-E, means numbered. God has numbered the days of your reign. And has brought it to an end. Do you know the Bible says that He knows your days? He knows your beginning from your end. He knows when you were born. He knows when you're going to die. He knows everything in between. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. But here, King Belshazzar is just having a great time. And here God writes on the wall, your days are numbered. Your time is up. And he said the word tekel, T-E-K-E-L, means weighed. Like when you go to the grocery store and you weigh your fruit or vegetables. It's a scale. The old scales would tip back and forth. He says it means weighed. You have been weighed in the balances and you've been found wanting. You're lacking in what you need. You haven't measured up. You have not acknowledged the true and living God. You have not been faithful in what God has given you. You are just throwing your life away. You are not being faithful over what the gifts and talents. You're not acknowledging God. You've been weighed. And you're found wanting. When God weighs our life. When He weighs our intentions. When He weighs our plans. When He weighs what we've done in our life. How are we going to measure up? He said, you've been weighed. And you've not measured up. And then the last word, parson. He said, means divided. Your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. You know what? That's not what any king wants to hear. That's not what anybody wants to hear. Amen. When you're having a party and all your friends are there and everything and all of a sudden it comes to a screech and halt and the man of God says, you, your days are numbered, you've been measured and you haven't measured up and your kingdom is about to be divided. It didn't matter what he thought, how he felt. The Bible declares that night, Belteshazzar, the Babylonian king, was killed. His reign came to an end. And Darius, the Mede, took over the kingdom at age 62. So now that we've had many years, Daniel has served many, many kings. Many people have come and gone. But Daniel has been faithful. Daniel has continued to serve God. 
Daniel has continued to serve the God of his childhood. The God that his parents told him about when they took him to temple. When they taught him the law. He was faithful. And God continued through kingdom. You see, even like today, when one one party leaves, the other party comes, and they usually get rid of everybody and bring their own a coach, get leaves, and he brings his own staff. But Daniel, because of his faithfulness and his wisdom, he was able to go from kingdom to kingdom and to continue to serve. So many times at this point, we think Daniel's a young man, but Daniel's an older man at this point. And the Bible tells us we're now in Daniel chapter 6. This is the last chapter we're going to talk about. Darius had split the kingdom up in 120 different provinces. He had appointed high officers to rule over each province. And he found that Daniel and two others were administrators and they were pretty smart. And they began to work together. But the Bible says that the king found out and saw that Daniel was smarter than the rest of them. And he decided to elevate him over the entire kingdom. Now, the other administrators didn't like that. And they began to devise a plan. How can we find fault with Daniel? And they began to search. They looked at his government affairs, nothing. They looked at his finances, nothing. They looked at his, his morality, nothing. Everything, Daniel, was aright and above board. He was faithful. He was faithful to the king. He did what he said he would do. And they said the only chance that we're going to be able to accuse this man, Daniel, is by his religion. A religion... Our religion, Christianity, is being attacked today. And people are seeking an occasion against us. But I'm telling you, I serve the same God that Daniel served. The God that was able to elevate. The God that was able to promote. The God that was able to protect is the God of Daniel. And it's the God today of the Lord's house. And these guys, they come up with a plan. Isn't it amazing? The devil always has a plan. And they said, you know what we're going to do? We are going to get him on his religion. And they went to the king and they said, king, long live the king. And we want you to make an agreement. We want you to declare a decree that for 30 days, no one, no high official, no advisors, no governors, no people can pray to any other God. Divine or human, except you. Well, because of his pridefulness, uh, he said, oh, that sounds good to me. Oh, yeah, that sounds great. And so he made a decree. He made a law. No one can pray to any other gods. And if they do, they're going to be thrown into a den of lions. Well, the Bible says that when Daniel learned about it, he went home. He knelt down as usual. He opened his windows and he prayed toward Jerusalem. Oh, there's so many of us 
We'd have went home, shut the window, shut the curtain. We'd have hid in our closet and just said, Lord, I'm going to. But you know what? He didn't change his plans. He didn't change his lifestyle. He lived a life holy and righteous. He prayed three times a day to God. And he said, I'm not going to change now. Amen. I'm going to be faithful to God. And he knelt and he prayed. And sure enough, they were out there watching and listening. And they went to the king and they said, oh, king. Didn't you sign a law that says if anybody prays, it'll be thrown in a lion's den? He said, I did. He said, well, that man, Daniel, that captive of Judah is ignoring your law. And he still prays to God three times a day. The Bible says here in this, the king was deeply troubled because he liked Daniel. And he tried to postpone it and he went all the way to the evening. And they came to him and they said, King, your law cannot be changed. And so Daniel, or the king gave the orders for Daniel to be thrown into the den of lions. He was arrested. He was taken to the lion's den. He was thrown in. A stone was rolled over the mouth of the den. And the king declared, May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. Isn't it amazing that even when the world that don't believe, when they see the faithfulness of believers, that even right in the midst of trouble and craziness, that we're not panicking and fearing, but we're still worshiping and we're still walking in peace because we're faithful. And God is faithful. The Bible says that the king, he didn't enjoy his entertainment that night. He didn't eat. He didn't sleep. He stayed up all night. And early in the morning, he ran to the lion's den. And he rolled the stone and he cried out, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God, from whom you serve so faithfully, able to rescue you from the lions? I don't know if there was a pause. I know he was waiting to hear. He was listening for a sound. But all of a sudden the sound came back and it was the voice of Daniel. And he said, oh, king, long live the king. My God sent an angel to shut the lion's mouth so they would not hurt me. And I've been found innocent in your sight. I have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed that Daniel was lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him. For he had trusted in God. And then the Bible says, just like we found out last week with Esther, that the king gave the orders to arrest the men that had malicely charged Daniel. He had them thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and their children. And the lions leaped on them and tore them apart and ate them before they even hit the floor. God, the God of Daniel, the faithful God, the true and living God, once again spared those who trusted, walked with him, talked with him, protected him. And it was not the prayer on the way down into the lion's den. That prayer, when they threw him in, was probably nothing more than woo. That's not the prayer that saved him. What saved Daniel was his faithfulness day after day after day 
of seeking God and praying and being faithful. You see, it's not our prayer today that's saving us from coronavirus. Do you remember, church family? We started this year, as we start every year, January, we fasted. We came to the church every night. We prayed. We worshiped. We gave this year to God. We didn't know what this year was going to hold, but God did. We were faithful and we put our trust in Him. And we gave 2020 to Him. And God is going to hear those prayers. The prayer we prayed back then is protecting us today. God is faithful. And then the king. Wouldn't this be wonderful if this could happen again? The king made this decree throughout all the kingdom. That fear and tremble should come upon all the people because of the God of Daniel. And the king declared, for he is the living God. He will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed. His rule shall never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculously. Signs and wonders in the heavens and in the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. You want to know the rest of the story? So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyprus. He continued to reign. Daniel goes on. Has wonderful dreams and visions of things to come. So much prophecy there. But listen, the God of Daniel is the God that we still serve today. Jehovah God Almighty. Jehovah Jireh, our provider. His name, amen, is lifted high today all over the world. And that God, the God that loved you so much, sent His Son, Jesus. To die on a cross for you. Today he loves you. He's not angry with you. He's not mad at you. He is not trying to punish you. He loves you. And today he is reaching out to you. To your home. To your car. Wherever you're at. And he's telling you. Come to me. Many of you are away from God. You're not serving God. But you did once. Today he's calling you. Come back. Come back to your faithfulness. God has always been faithful. God will always be faithful. When I'm unfaithful, God is still faithful. And today, He's your God. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, today you can. If you've never opened your heart and confessed your sins, today you can. You see, Jesus came. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross for your sins and your sicknesses. But on the third day, He rose again. And one day, He's coming back. He said, I've gone to heaven to prepare a place for you. And one day, I'm coming back. You see, we too, our days are also numbered. He knows the appointment you have with death. But my question to you today is, when you die, where will you spend eternity? If you can't, with a certainty, say, I would spend my eternity with Jesus in heaven. Today, I want to invite you to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Today, 
you can come to a relationship to a loving Father. The God that's faithful. He's faithful to forgive your sins if you confess them. He's faithful to heal your diseases. He's faithful to allow you to spend eternity in heaven. If you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Right there in your home, would you pray with me? Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you came to this earth in human form. I believe you suffered and died on the cross for my sins. And I believe you rose again. And I also believe you're coming back. And when you do, I want to be ready. I want to be found faithful. I want to be in relationship with you. So today, I invite Jesus Christ to come into my life, into my heart, to be my Lord, my Savior, and my friend. I confess all of my sins, and I ask Jesus to forgive me. Today, I give my life to Christ. Now make this declaration with me. Jesus, I'll do what you want me to do. Jesus, I'll say what you want me to say. Jesus, I'll go where you want me to go. And Jesus, I'll be who you've called me to be. Shout a big amen right there in your home. If you prayed that prayer, the Bible says the angels in heaven are rejoicing over you. You've been changed, transformed from death into life. Your eternity from hell to heaven. You have a reason to rejoice. Now, find a good church. Get in, be faithful, read the word of God. Begin to learn who he is and what he's done for you. And love him with all of your heart.